0: My calling is really all about bringing through a new paradigm, a new spiritual paradigm for contemporary humans that's based in ancient wisdom, but that actually serves us going forward. Because up until just a few thousand years ago, although we had spiritual teachers who wrote texts, philosophical and spiritual texts, and so on and so forth, that do contain deep truths in them, what our ancient ancestors understood was that this world, this reality, is constantly changing. This is Euphoric Evolution, a podcast all about inner spiritual growth for abundance, where we bridge the spiritual into the practical, the energetic into the physical. I'm Mikosina Jezzer. I'm a spiritual teacher and oracle speaker and author, and I'm passionate about catalyzing tomorrow's leaders into consciousness and transformation. So, if you're a spiritual seeker and know you're called for more, let's begin your transformation. Have you wanted to be sure that you stay stuck and stagnant and small for the rest of your life and never experience abundance? Then this is the episode for you. <laughs> so I'm being a little cheeky here, but this is real. This is some real stuff. Today, we're diving in how to make sure that you never fulfill your calling and never experience and expand your level of abundance because this unconscious or even just mainstream perspective is keeping so many seekers maybe you stuck and i want to be sure that you don't fall into this trap okay now for a few days i've been diving into this concept over on the instagrams around why if you are spiritual it's important to build your ego at least at this moment and there's some need for even more context and even more depth to this. So if you're new here, I go by Mikosi, and I am I spent years in initiation, initiating into ancient Egyptian or Kemetic mystery schools, as well as in African spirituality. Specifically, I initiated as a Zulu shaman or a Sangoma, and I'm also a Senussi. So my calling is really all about bringing through a new paradigm, a new spiritual paradigm for contemporary humans that's based in ancient wisdom, but that actually serves us going forward. Because up until just a few thousand years ago, although we had spiritual teachers who wrote texts, philosophical and spiritual texts, and so on and so forth, that do contain deep truths in them, what our ancient ancestors understood was that this world, this reality is constantly changing. And the shamanic perspective, the animistic perspective, that what may have been medicine at one time can be poison at another time, or what is medicine in one setting or medicine for one person can be poison to another person. And that understanding is rooted in nature. Number one, Nature shows us that there is a season, there is a time for everything. It also shows us that either extreme, any extreme is destructive. So if we have too much of a good thing, it's destructive. And if we have too little of a quote unquote bad thing, that is also destructive. Let me give you a really great example of this. I have a cup of water here. Water, I think we can all agree, is essential to life it's important it matters it's a good thing however if i sit and i drink too much water one extreme right i will drown myself i will drown my cells and i will no longer be able to exist on this plane and also if i have too little of this good thing then also i will die i will dehydrate and no longer be able to exist on this plane okay? And this goes for lots and lots of things. This is a an aspect of nature. So how do we make sure that you never fulfill your calling? Well, I'm bringing up the concept of ego again, because if you want to make sure that you never fulfill your calling and never expand your abundance that allows for you to fulfill your calling, by the way, one way to do that is to have, quote, unquote, too little ego. So we have to talk about Ego, the word ego by itself first, because most of us, our first introduction to the word ego has a negative connotation, and it's usually related to the overdeveloped ego or having too much of ego, too much self-importance, right? Most of us are familiar with the definition of ego that has to do with seeing yourself as over-important, over-inflated view of self right? We say, oh, he's got a big ego. Isn't that what uh, Kanye said on Beyonce's song, Ego? She said that too. He got a big ego. (laughs) That is usually our first experience of the word ego. However, we need to begin to understand that ego is what allows for us to exist on this plane, that our ego is not just this overinflated view, but it is how we perceive ourselves. It is our sense of self-worth. It includes our values, our beliefs, our thoughts, our perspectives. It is a construct that allows for us to function on this plane. So without it, without having an ego, we cease, not sense, (laughs) we cease to be human. And being human is not a dirty word. In fact, it was so valuable to your soul. It was so valuable to your higher self that it chose to come here and be human. Now we can get into all of that another day. Did you choose? Did you not choose, et cetera? The point is that you're here. (laughs) And so there must be some value in being human. Being human is not a dirty word. The more that we are able to understand what it means to be human and navigate what it means to be human, the more we can evolve. So let's talk a little bit, just a tiny bit, about the differences when we are growing up. Now, on Instagram, I was speaking to why spiritual women need to build their ego. And I'm saying that because from a societal perspective, at least in Western society, we're usually raised to believe that our identity is completely relational, meaning that our identity is based off of our relationship to someone else. Our sense of self, our sense of worth, our sense of importance, etc., is in direct correlation to someone else. Now stick with me. We are told things like, don't get a big head, stay humble, don't be too much. And we are also taught that what our parents think about who we are what our partner thinks about us, everything is based around and oriented. Our entire sense of self is based around someone else, whether you're single or married. That's based on, am I attached to another human or not? Am I a good daughter or not? Now your sense of self is based on your parents. Am I a good citizen or not, right? Now your sense of self is completely tied, to your community and the society at large. Now, by nature, because of hormones, biology, so on and so forth, we tend to, as women, and yes, I am speaking about biological gender here because it does have certain influence on the experience that we have in this world. Having the gender conversation, that's a whole other thing, but it is important that we understand these these differences, nature versus nurture and how things shift in our lives. So many women who are raised in this environment, even though by nature we are usually collaborative and connected to others, like I said, any quote unquote good thing in either extreme is destructive. So it is destructive to ourselves if we are too attached to our identity being connected to how other people perceive us and how other people value us. You see? Now, men, again, none of this is good or bad, but men are usually raised up that their identity is based on themselves. And they are usually, by nature, more individualistic. They see things more singular, whereas women see things more holistically there's always nuance to this, so don't come for me. <laughs> but they tend to be more individual and self focused. So when we raise them to be more of that, right, then we tend to have experiences where overinflated egos happen, right? Because they already have a certain tendency. In order for them to have harmony, right, they need some of the collaborative connection medicine, right? Whereas women, because there's this collaborative nature, can use more of the self-identification, right? Or individual perspective. Again, this is just generalities. However, notice, if the, notice what your reality was when you were growing up. And what, was, what were those influences? How were they affecting you? How did you make sense of who you were? was it internally based based on your likes and dislikes your values what you believe your personality etc or was it based in how others saw you and what others wanted you to be and what others thought was valuable and then you morphed that to be yourself so this correlates to our abundance because the abundance that we experience and i'm not just talking about our level of money in the bank account, because there are people who have wealth who are not abundant. Abundance is this sense of fulfillment that manifests in lots of different ways. One of them can be money. It can also be an abundance of connections, an abundance of love, an abundance of resources, and so on and so forth. So our ability to experience that abundance and expand into more and more levels of abundance and PS, that abundance is what allows for us to fulfill our calling on this earth. We cannot fulfill our calling without co-creation, resources and tools and other people and connection and, 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 right? But all of it has to be sourced starting from within. And it comes that abundance is magnetized to us through our ability to embody through our ego, our essence. Now, some definitions here, because that sounds like more airy-fairy spiritual fluff. (laughs) I know that it sounds, but there's no other words (laughs) to use that properly communicate what I'm trying to say. So let's talk through that for just a second. When I'm speaking about embody. Embody means in this reality, in this form. It means to be, and you can only be an identity through ego. Through your ego projects an identity, right? So these are linked. Our ego and our identity are connected. So if we wish to embody anything, it is connected to us having an ego, And when I'm speaking about our essence, some people are gonna say, well, essence is love. Well, what is love? When I'm speaking about essence, what I'm speaking about are the specific energies that your higher self desires to express on this plane. Those traits, that frequency that it wishes to project in this lifetime. Now, at its core, you can imagine your essence is this like limitless, boundaryless energy, and that our ego is a container. And so when most people are saying, oh, we need to destroy the ego, what they're speaking about is unhealthy ego. But usually they're only speaking about it in the hyperactive version or the overdeveloped version. But there is a hypo or an underdeveloped version that many spiritual people really struggle with. So if you can imagine that your essence is is like this limitless energy and that the ego is a container, an unhealthy ego is like rigid walls. And this happens through our attachment to our identity, to our experiences, to our beliefs, to our values, and so on and so forth. And that is unhealthy in this reality because this reality changes. And because you have a limitless aspect that also desires change and also desires transformation. So what we want to create instead is a healthy ego. We want to build a healthy scaffolding. I use the word scaffolding a lot because I just feel like that visual of having walls versus scaffolding is really valuable. Because with scaffolding, there's less attachment. It's easier to take part of that down and then rebuild it in a way that serves the essence, your higher self, your soul, your the love that is trying to be expressed through you. If you are scaffolding, if your personality is scaffolding, that is much more flexible. So unhealthy ego, I, I'm not going to dive into too much of the overdeveloped ego, because I think most of you, like you probably know what that is, right? However, I also see that Ego can manifest in spiritual seekers, in spiritual achievers, like being overly humble or staying small, not wanting to be perceived as too much. Unhealthy ego can also be in our victim consciousness. On one extreme, it looks like I'm superior to everyone, but it also can look like I'm underneath or smaller than everyone. Unhealthy ego is when Ego is the master and it's leading through fear. Fear of what if, what will people think about me? What will my mom think of my beliefs? What will my high school classmates think of my journey? That's unhealthy ego. You may also be struggling with unhealthy ego if you feel not good enough or you experience imposter syndrome. A lot of people do not understand that imposter syndrome is unhealthy ego, because it comes from a lack of recognition of your importance on this plane, and your value, and your strengths. Unhealthy ego that runs rampant in the spiritual space is wishing away reality, where we're using tools like law of attraction to try to bypass or transcend being human. And we Make out everything that has to do with being a human to be evil or satanic or demonic or lower vibration. When we have unhealthy ego, we struggle to take risk and face our fears, right? Now, having a healthy ego, we recognize fears and we weigh like, is this really dangerous to me or not? And we're able to navigate fears. But with unhealthy ego, we are limited by our fears. The other way that I see it happen a lot is through perfectionism. Unhealthy ego manifests as wanting to be perfect in order to get started. And also people-pleasing, struggling to say no, struggling to stand for your value. Standing for your value doesn't mean negating someone else's, right? So these, that's unhealthy ego. But we put that on a pedestal a lot, So when we have healthy ego, healthy ego serves the higher self. So the higher self is the one in charge that is dictating what the scaffolding is of your identity, right? It is the one that says, okay, in this next iteration of our life, we are going to be more curious and more questioning. And because you're able to not be so attached, you are able to look and see, actually, yes, at this moment in my life. I need to be able to question more. And so you're able to make that shift. Healthy ego is also secure and stable in yourself. And so because of that, you don't take things personally. With a healthy ego, you are able to take ownership and responsibility for yourself, but not take ownership and responsibility of everybody else. That making other people happy is your responsibility. You don't do that with healthy ego you're flexible and adaptable to change because change is inevitable. And I'm gonna tell you over the next 10 to 20 years, it's, the change is going to be quite volatile. So your ability to maintain flexibility and to adapt is going to be paramount. With a healthy ego, you feel worthy of good things. You feel worthy of receiving love and abundance in all its forms including money, including friendships, including recognition for your gifts. You're able to receive that. You're also able to be both appreciative of your strengths and aware of your weaknesses because you're not trying to be perfect. You're able to accept that you are human and to love that humanness about yourself. And so you are aware that maybe you are impatient and that you (laughs) struggle with time management and on and on and on. And simultaneously, you can appreciate your gifts. And because of that, you do not feel a need to people please, to try and get other people to like you or to think that you're good and so on and so forth so that you can have some sense of self-worth. If you've been feeling like, or have ever felt this sense of like, I lost myself, then I think it's very clear that it's time to build healthy ego. When we think that we don't have ego, that is when we are the most dangerous human beings that exist. Because believing that we don't have an ego is one way that we keep ourselves feeling superior instead of recognizing ourselves as whole human beings. If this resonated, and or dissonated, oh, snap, look at that word, (laughs) feel free to DM me on Instagram. Love to hear any breakthroughs that you had about your relationship to your ego, whether or not the ego that you have curated is supportive of your calling and of abundance of the next level i look forward to hearing from you thank you for tuning in to this episode of euphoric evolution if you found this valuable be sure to like subscribe and leave a review with your biggest takeaway be sure to share with someone you care about if you know they'll also find value in this episode you can also visit the to take my free consciousness quiz where you'll uncover your current stage of consciousness, identify your current blockages, and define which steps you can take next to align with your highest potential. You can also see the show notes to find our socials. In euphoria.